This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Whatever your tastes... You'll find it weeknights on Joy 94.9. Something for everybody. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome into the locker room. Thanks, Gary. There won't be too much of uh, smelly Littenbin in here tonight. We've got actually the <laughs> lovely ladies from the roller derby, so it smells quite nice, I must say. Adam, you are my co-host again tonight. Smithy we, we've is, lost him somewhere. Well, Barley last week, and then he said, look, I'm going on another holiday, and he has gone to sunny Adelaide. Yes, because when I think of going on holidays, Adelaide is my top one destination. Well, actually, you are wrong because Lonely Planet's come out today and has rated Adelaide in its top ten cities for 2014, up there with Paris and London. Uh, It is a cool, underscored chic, they said. I don't know what that means. I feel a little (laughs) bit uncool, but I'm going to assume it's good. I'm guessing this is for the day trip. Uh, No, they said there's secret beaches. And seals, and um, <laughs> I don't know something else. Uh, so tonight on the show, Adam, what have we got? Well, we're catching up with our friend Marty Filipowski, who did the English Channel swim. We spoke to him before he did the swim, so now we're going to find out how he's feeling and what he's up to after the swim. Do you know the English Channel is the busiest shipping channel in the world? So it's not so much you have to worry about the sharks; it's the giant container ships. You wouldn't want to be swimming and run into the Queen Mary too, or something like that. No, or a container falling off and bobbing around. But <laughs> yeah, so it can be quite dangerous out there. What else we got on? We're speaking to the roller derby lad uh, lasses tonight. Oh, brilliant! So I'm actually going to challenge you to come up with a roller derby name, but we're going to get them to help us do it. So sure. um, for our for for our show for for our team. If no, we had well, a team? no, just each. Oh, okay, I, I think right. It, well, our team name will be the locker room. Gurus, and uh, we have to come up with a team name. Uh, of course, you are going to be a horse racing expert tonight. So, yes. are you going to put on a different voice or anything? Or I might put on my uh, my ha- my horse racing announcement voice. Oh, very good. And they're racing. And they're racing. And they're coming around the bend. Adam, not quite a sport, but the Canadian Canadian researchers have come out today uh, to try and gauge how much how many calories uh, eighteen to twenty five year old couples burn during the bedroom zumba. If you know what I'm talking about, or oh, maybe I've got bad innuendo, don't I? <laughs> the uh, horizontal horror. Yeah, I mean, oh, let's not come up with too many. But anyway, they found out that men burn four point two calories uh, a minute, while women burned three point one calories a minute. So with an average session, let's say, uh, of 25 minutes, that's 104 calories for men and 69 for women. 69 for women, that seems to be an interesting number. Mm-hmm. Didn't pick that up in the edit. Uh, so the <laughs> bed, So basically, you're better off in the bedroom than walking, but uh, sadly, jogging actually burns more calories. 
Uh, going through now to uh, the FIFA chief executive. You might remember old 77-year-old 70, Seb Blatter. He's uh, back in the press. He's the guy that said to gay people, if you're going to go to the Qatar World Cup in 2024, just keep your mouth shut. Ah, uh, uh, yes. So he's he's a real he's a real outstanding gentleman, this guy. Absolutely. Uh, back in the news today, he was uh, on a uh, talkback show uh, mimicking what Cristiano Ronaldo would be like uh, and ridiculing him with some kind of weird stage performance so that sparked a bit of a Twitter fury uh, and of course with uh, Cristiano and um, the Portuguese really don't like him at the moment old Seb Blatter so I don't think many people like him at the moment no uh, a bit closer to home we've had a bit of a uh, outroar now so the Newcastle Knights NRL so it's the rugby league footballer Ryan Stig has received backlash from angry social media users following a controversial rant about homosexuality and gay marriage. Uh, so the halfback, he's actually a bit of a star up there in uh, Newcastle. Uploaded a letter on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't on four square. What are some other social media sites that are... Tumblr. Tumblr? Yeah. Is that, isn't That's that a rude one? Oh, people make it rude, but it's a blog. I wouldn't oh, be surprised okay. if he does have was, a private Tumblr account I that is quite rude. it was like rude. that chat roulette. But um, that compared homosexuality to alcoholism and politically correct charade that was equal to spiritual disease and demono- demonic? Demonic? Oh, I got that right in the end. <laughs> Stig quickly received hundreds of likes following the post, however, was slammed by many of his followers. Hannah Bohr-Kapur said, I hope one day you look back at this and will severely, uh, sincerely regret it. Everyone is told of their own beliefs, but this does nothing but breed hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dreddy Love 04236121 posted, <laughs> if you have friends that are gay, you don't anymore. You give Newcastle uh, and the Knights a bad name. Shame on you. Uh, I, I like this one. Pontchessness. Uh, 24 said, you're an absolute dickhead. So, uh, basically, he uploaded his post after the ACT passed their same-sex marriage laws. Um, so, we know how that's that's gone pretty successful so far. So, what's it been challenged in the federal courts at the moment, Adam? Uh, they're, they're looking to challenge it. Yeah. Uh, bad news today, Tasmania... Uh, got rejected. They didn't pass. Their bill didn't pass through. Oh, so now no. they're looking at other alternatives as well. Ah, but I mean, people get over it. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, whether you oppose it or whether you're for it. But sometimes, you know, we're still we're st- you're still human. Let's show a bit of, you know, decorum. Uh, the Newcastle Knights were, of course, very quick to distance themselves uh, and talked about not discriminating. But basically, they haven't done anything about it. They've just said, no, it's his personal opinion. So, I don't know. I mean, if he'd said something else um, that was, you know, derogatory towards anybody else, I wonder whether or not they would have got up. Um, but, you know, can't judge. Uh, Australia Winter Olympic athletes will pay for the sins of the summer, summer Games counterparts with an alcohol ban in the Soki Athletes' Village. Team Chief Demission in Chesterman has launched the 100-day countdown to showpiece in Russia, revealing he will follow the lead of the 2016 Rio Olympics team boss Kitty Chiller and make the Australian section of the Games Village an alcohol-free zone. Um, I've just got one thing to say to that. Mm. Oh, well done. I would have actually just said um, just limit the supply of alcohol to Fosters and that would have just done the same exact thing. So um, last of all, AFL, uh, the AFL rather than the NAB Cup next year are going to have this radical plan to introduce a captain's pick. Uh, It's a representative game on the eve of the 2014 season uh, but has been slammed as a circus and a sideshow by one club chairman kind of weird it's this, this sort of strange thing where they're going to have 18 games in 18 days um, 
but I'm, I'm not completely sure what it's uh, what it's going to be about. Mm. Uh, well, that's been your roundup for this week. We will uh, be up next with the roller derby lasses, and uh, Adam's going to uh, give himself three minutes to come up with a new name. You're on Joy 94.9. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Hi, uh, hello there. Hi, uh, this is Frank Woodley, and you're listening to Joy uh, 94.9, which is uh, preferable than Sadness FM, which is uh, a real downer. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9 with Adam and Rowley. Adam, imagine being chased around on roller skates by someone by the name of Six Foot Hussy. May sound a bit far-fetched, but for the women of the Victorian Roller Derby League, this is a weekly reality. You may not be familiar with the high-impact sport, Adam, but if you want to see some women going at it on the track, then this might be the sport for you. Well, maybe not you, but our, our, of course our <laughs> large female audience. Uh, we're now joined in the studio by Tamba Lamb Slam and Swish Caraboom. Uh, I'm assuming you're both from the Dolls of Hazard. Is that right? No, I'm a dead ringer, Rosie. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. I, my research was going so well to that point. Um, I, I'm just very impressed by your knowledge of roller derby. I know. You don't really seem like well, a roller derby I'm, climber I'm guy. I'm from Darabin and Northcote. They play up at the Darabin Sports Centre, I must have you know, and I have oh, been. Right. So um, do we call you Tam and Swish? Is that probably the best way to go about this? Perfect. All right. Uh, so tell me, guys, how did you both get into the Victorian Roller Derby League? And I suppose a little bit of a marketing spiel. Why should people get involved? Um, so I, like many of my ilk, uh, watched Whippet, um, which is probably the uncoolest way to get into roller derby, but it certainly uh, attracted a few new members to the sport. Um, and uh, I saw it, I'd, be, I'd heard about it um, being played out in Reservoir for a number of years, and uh, yeah, it was just time. I got back on skates, went and had a, had a pop, tried out, got in um, and completely became addicted straight away. So why should people do it? Um, because if you ever loved roller skating, it's the sport for you. Um, and it it's an amazing contingent of empowered women who, you know, really rock it on the track and then have a, a beer and a laugh afterwards. So it's good fun. Swish, what about you? Um, I wanted to join the circus, but Nike was too expensive, so I found roller derby <laughs> oh. instead. Um, I'd never seen a game or really knew about it, and I'm here five years later. Um, I think you should play it because it's a contact sport on roller skates, and that should be a good enough selling point. Oh, brilliant. Um, so what kind of training does it require to become a player, a good player? Look, I mean, there's there's a number of entry, like we've got entry level classes on a Sunday where you can come and skate for an hour and a half and, and really sort of learn the basics of how to stand up and, and get your balance and all of those things. And, and really, you know, there's an amazing development path at VRDL um, to go from that to, you know, the all-stars train four or five times a week plus, you know, hours of um, other training that they do to be world-class. And so, and, and it's got, levels of everyone in between so it really is as as much as you want to put in you get out of it mm. one of the other things um you've had a bit of uh, international travel as well and uh internationally you guys are doing pretty well talk to us a little bit about that um, well, the All-Stars, which is the A-team representative team of our league, have had two successful trips to America this year. We played at the Big O um, in the... Oh. That was in Oregon. Lovely yeah. name. Uh, I think that was back in May. We did a big Pacific Northwest tour and played about, I think it was eight games in nine days. Um, hit up Portland and Eugene in Oregon. 
yeah, just played a lot of games and improved our rankings there. The competition in America is really good, and we're playing teams that were also WIFTA affiliated, so we got to bump up our rankings. Um, we did well enough to be invited to the Division One playoffs that we returned from a few weeks ago. It's a bit of a blur. And that was back in... Oregon again was it in Salem, Salem. yeah Salem Oregon and uh, we did quite well at that tournament and we're currently sitting at 25th in the world so wow yeah, that's it's been incredible. a good year um, so tell me with uh, Roller Dude, just to take it back a little step, because some of us won't be aware sort of how it all works I understand there's three key players the jammer the blocker and the pivot um, walk me through that so what are we circular ring square ring not a ring at all. Yeah, uh, we call it we call it a track. We play track. on a flat track, um, which is different from the bank track. It's an oval shaped. What you have is two teams, and at one time you've got four blockers from each team, and they form the pack. So eight all up, and they play offense and defense at the same time. Um, lining up behind them, you've got a jammer from each team. They've got a star on their helmet, and every time you pass an opposing blocker, you score their point. Jams go for up to two minutes at a time, and then you switch whoever's on the lineup. Um, but I guess the key here is that your blockers are playing offense and defense at the same time. You want to get your jammer through, but you want to stop the opposing jammer from getting through. Um, I'm going to say the pivot is a bit of an archaic notion. They used to be the strategic thinkers in the pack, but really we found that as the game develops, everyone's responsible for understanding and calling strategy and what's happening on the pack. Um, one thing that they can do as a pivot, they wear a stripy helmet, panty hat, mm. and they can <laughs> receive a star pass, and that's when the jammer, for whatever reason, takes off her fancy hat, gives it to the pivot, and the pivot becomes the jammer, also known as the unicorn because it rarely happens. It, just oh. sounds, it sounds quite aggressive. Are you not uh, a little bit worried about getting injured? Uh, and what are the worst injuries that someone may encounter? Surely that's why we started the sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the tension release. Um, I think no, a lot of maybe th- that's what you're looking for. I mean, um, you know, playing rugby, you know, you you want a bit of a bit of a bash. So uh, maybe maybe that is what the selling point about it is. No, I, you've got. Uh, got look, I think uh, you know, there's the part of the training certainly at our league is that we we train skaters from the scratch so it's it's up to a year before they start playing in in competitive bouts we teach you how to fall before we teach you how to skate yeah and oh. so it's it's you know safety first and it really is about making sure that that, that skaters can walk long be beyond their careers in roller derby but at <laughs> yep. the same time it is a full contact sport and we do expect that you know at at times people get injured and and that's part of part of the sport that we play so you know we do our best to avoid that and make sure that we follow the rules as much as we can and, and then generally we get a lot of um broken ankles and knees get taken out quite a lot um mm. but i think with any sport you're going to have a fair amount of injuries in there especially as a contact sport mm. tam i hear that your secret weapon is twinkle toes i don't actually understand what that is. <laughs> um so yeah look i uh i skated a lot when I was a kid and so um, my my I like to think that my footwork is is at least some some of what gets me through a pack and and um, I, I'm addicted to my toe stops as a jammer I um, often am uh, finding myself you know just missing people's hits by jumping back and onto my toe stops and then jumping out of there so like you know like every good unicorn I like to think that I'm my rainbow bright um, twinkle toes are what gets me through. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, I've heard about this thing called a rink rash. I mean... Uh, Sounds kind of nasty. Yeah, it does. What, what's that? 
Um, again, I think that's a bit of an old school concept. I think it came from the times when um, skaters were wearing fishnets a lot. And if you fall down, fishnet meets floor, you're going to get a bit of a nasty rink rush. Um, these so no days, more fishnets? Uh, no, there's definitely still fishnets. I mean, you can oh. wear whatever you want. But um, I think generally if you wear, we wear compression tights a lot now. So if you do fall onto the ground and go for a slide, we're generally sliding a bit more than, you know, causing too much friction there. Uh, so tell me, so if me and Adam were going to start working towards generating our, even though we're probably, there is no male roller derby league, is Yes, it? there is. Oh, how old school am I? My <laughs> research is like six months old here. Um, so first I thought I thought we were wearing roll, uh, fishnets, but uh, all right, so there's a male roller derby league now. Are they still up at, are they up at Darabin? Um, I think it's a bit of a hodgepodge of male skaters from a bunch of different leagues around Victoria and Melbourne, and they yeah. meet at um, our training facility on Fridays. I can't remember how often, but they're definitely training together and got yeah. a men's team. I think they, they played in New Zealand there, not too long ago. Yeah, there was a, a competition in Sydney um, with uh, New Zealand flying over for the, uh, I don't think it was quite national, but a, a number of teams that came together in New South Wales to play off. Mm. And uh, so we had a Team Australia kind of mm. male men's derby team, which was yeah. uh, really great to see and, and a really high level of competition. Oh, cool. It's kind of a different game, much faster, um, you know, You've got more a different centre of gravity. So. Yeah, and yeah. more hockey skaters. Um, so it, like lots of people who've come from a different skating background play that sport so you know it's it's the same set of rules though and it's essentially the same thing oh brilliant um i'm gonna go rebel roly what are you gonna go adam oh I don't no, know. you can't put him on the mark. No. All right. So, how do people get involved with this? Whereabouts are you in the season? Uh, what What are the big games that people can attend? Sorry to hit you with three questions, but I'll let you run. I will start with our next game. I've got it written on my arm, so I will oh, remember. Um, it's our grand final, so it's our last game for this year. Our season essentially runs all year, but there you go. Oh, well, um, time it, to get involved. Grand final time. Absolutely. Um, so Sunday, November the twenty fourth. Uh, that will be at the Darabin YMCA in Preston. Yep. Doors open 3 o'clock. You can get the 86 tram there. I think it's top 57. Yep. Um, bring cash if you'd like to have a beer or perhaps get a bit of merch or some chips. Um, yep. If you buy your tickets online, it'll be 20 bucks. Um, cheaper for concessions, cheaper if you're a kid. Uh, and we've got family tickets and free for the under 12s. So. Because it is a bit of a family event, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, we've got a whole lot of families um, and, you know, a lot of families that come from the rainbow, you know, spectrum of families come along and love it because it's somewhere that their kids can run around and that they have, you know, friends that they know or, or people that are, you know, it's an interesting sport. It's not, you know, lots of people that don't get into sport get into our sport because it's not the same as the others. But, you know, it... Yeah, it's a really good vibe down there. Um, and we've also got, as I mentioned earlier, rec classes on a Sunday that people can come down to and they can check out how to get involved in those on www.vrdl.org. I'm going to say check out our Facebook page. We're a lot more active oh. there. So if you look, to, look up Victorian Roller Derby League, we are on Facebook. Um, coaches are currently discussing a boot camp over the summer. So if you think it's something that you might want to get into, we're... Looking to cater for that and hopefully have an intake in time for next year. Yeah, we might have to get down there with a with a camera and some audio equipment and have a go at it. Come we, along. We, we sure will. Uh, thanks, Tam and Swish, for joining us tonight in the locker room. Sounds fantastic. Sunday, twenty fourth November, grand final. Get down there to the Darabin YMCA. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy94.9. Support Joy94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. 
This is Bert Newton. In all my years, I've never worked at a more professional and dedicated staff. Now it's Dave O'Neill, comedian. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9, you're inside the locker room with Rolly and Adam. Rolly, you're looking a bit disappointed. I know you work with the road system all day and you just had a look for traffic, but nothing's, you can't announce anything. I was looking to do a little traffic alert. I was going to sort of say 34 minutes heading down outbound Monash, but it's all green. And even the metro, I could. I thought... They were at least going to be running late somewhere, but <laughs> even the Cranbourne line is, is a minute ahead of itself. So A minute ahead of itself. A minute ahead. It's unheard of, but I'm in the know. So. Well, I'm going to do a shameless plug and say, you know, Wednesday mornings for breakfast, you can rise up with Ginny and myself from 6.30. So you'll have to come into the studio one morning on your way to work and come in and do the tra- just the traffic. I'll be like those guys on that uh, that police show, the guy that makes the helicopter noises. Oh, what was, what was that show again back in the 80s? Oh. You know, I could report. Live from the chopper above the eastern or something. Anyway, uh, Adam, we've got something, somebody very special on the phone. We do. Uh, here on the locker room, we like to keep in touch with the guests that we've had on the show and track how they're going. Uh, we chatted to Marty Filipowski a couple of months ago as he was preparing to swim across the English Channel, and now he is back in Australia, back in Sydney. And due to the fact he is on the phone right now, he obviously did not get eaten by a shark. Welcome back to the locker room, Marty. Thank you. No, no sharks, but some ships. <laughs> but uh, we didn't. We, we did not run into any of those during the swim. So, Marty, how did you get on? It was a great, great swim. And you know, the first thing I'd like to say, you know, even though it was a solo swim, it was very much a team effort. And I am feeling a very deep, great sense of gratitude to my coaches, Charm and Vlad, with Vlad Swim in Sydney, um, to my crew that was on the boat, my partner Sonny, my coach Charm, um, a friend Stephen, my sister Sharon, and to the pilot of the boat, Andy King. Without them. I could not have gotten across. I mean, there were, as we spoke about before, there were several years of preparation, and, you know, it all boiled down to the day and being ready and having a great support crew. So thanks and hats off to all of them, first of all. We forget sometimes, don't we, how uh, even how much dedication even the partners are. So Sonny there on the back of the boat and the cold. I can't imagine the English Channel would be very balmy. So, um, <laughs> you know, they've had to put up with you late nights and early mornings. And so, um, yeah, no, it's really good to... Uh, Sort of think, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Sonny spent a good deal of time kayaking with me on Saturdays on swims that ranged from anywhere from four to eight hours, and you know, feeding me. And then you know, we'd have to come home, and I would sit on the sofa um, all Saturday afternoon and Sunday, basically recovering. So he was a great sport, sport about it. And then on the boat, um, he was responsible for making all of my feeds, and um, you know about. Four hours into the swim, his seasickness pill wore off, and so he was basically heaving his guts out for most of the swim while he was doing my feed. So, oh. um, yeah. It sounds, it sounds kind of gruesome, but look, you don't realize all these, these finer details. I mean, the English Channel is, uh, must be pretty cold. I mean, how did you stay warm in there? Were there any kind of weird things you employed? Well, you know, as part of the training, there were a couple things I had to do. One was put on some body fat. So I started at 6% body fat and 72 kilograms, and by the time I was done, um, and when I started my swim, I was 88 kilos and about 25%, 24-25% body fat. So You're nearly a rugby player. Yeah, so while I was a gay guy, you know, you got to be willing to give up your six-pack and your, you know, if you're cut and all that and, and just throw it out the window and... I gave up yeah, that a couple of years ago, man. That's all right. So, what would you what was your second method? And and then um, the you know the other thing is then there's a feeding plan during the swim, and so over the course of my training, uh, you know, worked on 
the, the exact types of things that would keep me going and both, you know, from a swimming perspective and then an energy perspective to fight off the cold. I had a great dietitian who's also uh, done the channel. Her name's Tara Diversity, and, you know, she had me basically on a mixture of Ovaltine. So I had some Ovaltine feeds, Coca-Cola, and Ribena, and surprisingly no solid foods. So it was just the right amount of liquids and carbs, you know, that, that got me across. So uh, very fortunate there. I mean, that's when I talk about the team, you know, Tara, I, I would consider Tara part of it, too, because, you know, the, the, the energy and food that you need is just, um, you know, unquestionable. you got to have it. And the other thing is you need food that will mix well with salt water because you do take in a lot of salt water during the swim, and if it doesn't mix properly, you end up vomiting. Which no, I did not you do, can't really mix it with wine or anything, can you? Uh, no, oh, that's a poor no, joke. Sorry, no. but I mean, I don't know what, what goes well with seawater. I can't imagine uh, potato. Well, <laughs> the Ovaltine, the Ovaltine, and the Coke and the Ribena did fine, and I, I was oh, never yeah. once during the swim, so I was very, very lucky. Good stuff for hangovers too. So isn't that funny? Salt <laughs> yeah. water and hangovers. Tell me, um, I'm kind of amazed. How long does it take to go across the channel? I know it's what two and a, two hours by ferry. Yeah, the the ride back on the boat was about two hours. My swim started at about two thirty in the morning, and at four, fourteen hours and thirty nine minutes later, I stood up on France. The water temperature when I started was about sixteen. It was fourteen across the middle of the channel, and then warmer, you know, as I got approached France. So Did they ask you for your passport when you arrived. <laughs> No, but, uh, so, but sorry, but I, I, I didn't put it in my speedos. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, we we did have it on the boat, but you know it was really great because when I got on the shore um, or on the beach there in France, there were there was a nice crowd of French people standing there, kind of cheering me on and clapping for me, which I didn't expect would be there. Now I didn't get to stay long and talk to them, but it was it was a very nice kind of standing ovation, if you will. I mean, the English Channel, what, the busiest shipping channel in the world, who who gets priority? The, the container or, or Marty coming through at sort of two kilometres per hour? What, 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 the radar, just imagine you on the radar and... There's an unidentified uh, ship. Uh, oh, hang on, it's a man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't mess with me. You know, I'm, I'm dancing my way through. No, but, um, you know, the, the, the pilot of the boat is in, in uh, communication with the Coast Guard and, the, you know, the various officials that... To monitor the traffic, and you know, I do know during the swim that uh, they were in communication with some boats that uh, uh, changed their course for me. So, you know, I didn't see any of them while I was swimming, but while I stopped for a couple of my feeds, I did see a couple. And of course, I've got a lot of great photos of you know swimming by some of the ships. So, I, I hear some of the new phones these days are waterproof. So, I imagine that you were taking pictures on while you're swimming and Instagramming. Did you do any selfies while you were swimming? <laughs> No selfies. You know, the only thing that I did when I was swimming was one stroke after the other. I had some music playing through my head, uh, and about every 40 minutes I stopped, you know, to take a quick feed, which was thrown out to me on a rope. Sonny, you know, was making those, as I said, and throwing them out to me. And once you once you down your feed, you, you go, and you keep swimming until you get there. Uh, I must admit, you know, you, you must have the – you must be hooked now – are you just going to sort of go away quietly, or are we expecting even a bigger challenge next time? Uh, I'm back in the water swimming, albeit I am swimming nice and, and uh, kind of at my own pace and a bit leisurely, but uh, that's more to maintain maintain my fitness for the moment. I'm taking a look at some other swims. 
you know, I'd like to think maybe that I could try the Cook Strait uh, from the north to the South Island of New Zealand. And uh, if I can, uh, also the, the Catalina Swim from Catalina Island to Southern California. You know, I again, I'll have to keep training. You know, hopefully I won't be injured, and if I can get into the swims when I want to, at the, at the you know at the time during the time frames I want to, then then hopefully I can do them. But you know, swimming is is it's a passion for me. Uh, keeps me fit, keeps me happy, gives me something to do besides go to work. Um, I do enjoy my job, but you know. It Maybe I should time. take up swimming. Something to do instead of going to work. I like I like the way you put that. So, uh, Marty, Marty, it sounds like we're going to hear hear that you'll soon be in either Picton or Wellington. So, um, look, it's great to hear from you again, and I, I assume we'll be catching up with you very soon again on your next great swim. You're in the locker room on Joy ninety four point nine. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Uh, look, while yep. most of us will go on holiday, some actually go to the Melbourne Cup, believe it or not, on the uh, on the Monday. They do. Actually, they, oh, they go on the Tuesday. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> I just forget. I just take my little flexi day because I'm in the public service, so I'm allowed to have a five-day weekend, which is fantastic. Awesome. Uh, I know. Yes, it is. The, the big the big day, the big day in the spring racing carnival calendar is this Tuesday. Yes. I just don't know how many. I suppose it's just a bit of a social event, is it, at the end of the day? I think it's become more of that. I don't think, I mean, you know, obviously everyone goes and they put, you know, five or 10 or 20 or 100 or if you're, you know, if you're the Edelstons, a million dollars on a horse. And But I think most of it, you know, I went a couple of years ago and I was just hanging around with mates, having a beer and just catching up, having a good time. Hanging around with mates, I like that. Uh, I think my parents may be coming over from New Zealand next year. They're uh, very excited. They'll be catching the uh, ferry, I think, a boat that goes up the Maribyrnong. So they've got that all, so I'll be able to talk about it. Is the Mar- Mar- Maribyrnong wide enough? Well, there seems to be some kind of boat or facility that seems to traverse them up the Grand Canal. They get off at Flemington and, of course... If not, they can always take a kayak. ...and hang out in one of the marquees. And um, what's that... uh, What's that... That Aussie movie about the guy that cleans the toilets? What was that? Kenny, wasn't it? Mm. I was thinking Kenny Rogers. That's what what Flemington always reminds me about. You know, the hard... Cleaning toilets? Well, no, the hard-working people that make it all happen. You know, sometimes so we all go down there, of course. And um, and what about the people working behind the bar and the poor people having to work in the marquees and the guys having to clean out the porta potties? I mean, we we forget about them. So I don't think they have porta potties anymore at Flemington. I think they've upclassed to flushable toilets, maybe auto flushable toilets oh, now. Yeah, well, I suppose that's right. Um, look, we were going to give you uh, our pick of the day, but you know what? We're going to be we're not going to give you that because I'm anti-betting. I think you can get enough of your Tom Waterhouses and your sports bets elsewhere. You don't need to have them here at on the locker room at Joy 94.9. <laughs> well said. However, the favourite this year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been all over the news, uh, Mount Athos. Mount Athos. I thought it was a done deal. But anyway, go go with Mount Athos. Uh, he finished fifth in last season, but apparently he's the... He's the favourite. He, she, I don't know. Oh. I don't know if it's a male or a female. I think it's, Mount a, I think it's a him. Look, if you're listening and you actually know who's going to win, course SMS us on 0427-JOY949 or on air at joy.org um, and let us know what your winner is. I know that Green Moon won it last year and Green Moon is again in this year oh. and basically nobody's been saying anything, so that could be a little secret do runner. You think, do you think when the horses go when they do that, do you think they're just trash-talking each other? 
I can do it better because I've got bigger lips. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably no, probably not trash talking. Probably like don't slip, don't slip up there on the bend because if you break a leg, well, that's you done. You know, so. Um, Budum ching. Ching. Anyway, they'll be getting a bag of chaff later. What do you think? So, do you think one of the jockeys is there holding a glue stick, saying, "You know what will happen"? Uh, oh, that's terrible. Um, so we'll be back very shortly uh, with this week's sport. Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Salut, c'est Manu et vous êtes en train d'écouter Joy 94.9. Three minutes to wait. I just love bringing a bit of culture into the locker room. I think that's fantastic. Well, we are an international, well-rounded show. Adam, this week in sport, over in the UK, the Rugby League World Cup continues. Uh, and of course, the Kangaroos are doing very well. You would, you'd have to expect that with the Cook Islands in there. <laughs> and the USA. Is, are Guinea? the USA still 1,000 to zip? Uh, yes. Can it? Like, so, I don't know. It's it's a funny competition. They don't even do it every four years. They just do it when they sort of feel like it. So um, they had an impressive victory over England last weekend, even though there was a couple of players there from the Cronulla Sharks, I think, that uh, got taken off. Uh, next up for the Aussies in Group A are Fiji on Sunday morning. Our time, the Fijians are also in a confident mood after thumping Ireland 32-14. I mean, for a little island with 750,000 people on it, they also play rugby union, rugby sevens and league, so... That must be their whole population, just membership. Out. And then there's probably the old person who plays soccer. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, your population playing league's not huge. Um, so A League, that's the big thing at the moment. After mixed fortunes for our A League sides in round three, with victory recording a win over Brisbane Roar, uh, and the heart going down by a goal to Perth Glory. I'm not sure about that term, Glory. It's now on to round four. Heart take on Brisbane on Sunday afternoon up in Queensland. I think it's Suncorp Stadium. Oh. Whilst the victory take on my team, the Wellington Phoenix, uh, Monday night at Etihad. So it's kind of good because they uh, have this, they have the rectangle stadium at um, Etihad. So they bring the seats yes. out. Because uh, watching the rectangle game at Etihad can sometimes be absolutely terrible mm-hmm. uh, yes. just because it's you know the round stadium so um, this it does get a bit hard though because a lot of the stadiums are round except for NRL stadiums which are rectangle most stadiums are round that's an interesting well the majority of stadiums are round are they yeah oh there you go obviously all eyes will be on Flemington on Tuesday so um, maybe go- to try and sit outside the fences and see if we can get some comments from the horses or the jockeys well how are you feeling <laughs> Here, have some grass. Um, <laughs> no, the thing is, the interesting thing is, if you're trying to do your sweepstake on Friday, you have to do it by barrier draw, just remember, because they don't release the horses until Monday. Well, oh. again, that's been another week, and you've been with Rolly and Adam on the locker room on Joy 94.9. Getting you down? Unwind with us weeknights. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.